something outside. What is that? Monster X Radio, Shane Corson here, and today we got a great show for you. Uh, can't wait to get our guest on, but Monster X Radio is brought to you by Sasquatch Coffee. Have you tried it Yeti? And so today uh, we're going to talk to Tate Hieronymus about uh, his involvement with the BFRO and the upcoming uh, documentary he's working on, the Bluff Creek Project. Uh, let's get Tate on the show. Hey, Tate. Hey, what's up? No, not much, man. How you doing? Uh, a little tired from driving and everything. <laughs> yeah, you've been down um, in the Bluff Creek area filming, and I know you were telling me before the show you were uh, bitten up by mosquitoes. Yeah, still itching from that. I got all over my leg and head and arms. It's not fun. No, no, man, I, I hear you. Uh, and right now the mosquitoes are out. Uh, they're a little bit late this year, but they're out and about, and they're nasty. So, But, you know, Tate, for, for the uh, Monster X audience, can you just tell uh, them a little bit about yourself and what got you into the Bigfoot subject? Yeah, um, I'm originally from Des Moines, Iowa. So, you know, growing up, I was into things like, you know, conspiracy theories and the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and all these, but I was growing up, I was like, man, this is so cool learning about this kind of thing. And this is a Patterson film has really got me into it. I can't tell you how many times I've watched that over the years. And, but I've had an aunt, I've heard of my aunt having a story one time in Missouri um, before. But, you know, being young, I didn't really had much of a chance to do anything about it. Then I had some, I met some friends and stuff and their, uh, I think their uncle or something, no, their grandparent. Her granddad had a uh, sighting in Minburn, Iowa. And that was a really cool account. It's actually on the BFR website. So getting to hear these stories and stuff like that was really cool. And we moved to Mexico in 2011. So we were really close to, you know, California. Um, we were in Ensenada. I was like, Dad, let's plan a trip to, uh, let's plan a trip to Bluff Creek. You know, that'd be really fun. And it wasn't until we moved to Ventura, about in 2013, I think it was, we uh, planned our first trip to Bluff Creek, and that was 2000, what was it, 2015, something like that. It was a really cool experience, so that was my first, you know, exposure to, like, a location where there's, like, a lot of Bigfoot, so that was really fun. Yeah, so you, you've had this, uh, this, this. Like most people, you kind of had you were kind of into some of the the mysteries and, and strange stuff out there, and then you, you got 
you know, being in Ventura area, you know, California, uh, heading up to Bluff Creek, um, kind of like for a lot of people, it's the Mecca. It's the, uh, it's, it's the heart of Bigfoot, Bigfoot. Um, but, uh, you know, Tate, I wanted to, uh, ask you a quick question. I know the answer to this, but I will get emails galore, uh, and whatnot. Now you share your last name, um, with another gentleman, though there is no relation, but Obviously, Bob Hieronymus uh, is a known or is the guy claiming to have been the one wearing the Patty uh, suit or costume uh, from the film in October 20th, 1967. There is no relation, correct? Yes, there is no relation. Yeah, I wanted to clarify that because uh, I've been asked, you know, when those were asking me, you know, friends asked me, who's your next guest on the show? And I, I said your name. And they're like, Oh, is is he a relation to uh, Bob Hieronymus? And I said no. <laughs> In fact, their last names are spelled differently. And so I just wanted to clarify that to the audience that there is no relationship there, um, e- even though the subject matter and is you know kind of related. Uh, so now that we get that out of the way, um, so oh, that's a little weird that it's you know related. His last name is Hieronymus and mine, and it's like in the same subject. Exactly, and and I, I can't, when I first. Uh, when I first got in contact with you, I had to ask you that question because it was it was just so uncanny. You got two individuals, you know, the last name, um, I'll be honest, at the time I didn't look at the spelling. Uh, I just heard Hieronymus, so I thought, hmm, had to ask you. So, and given the, the Patterson film subject matter, it was just, it was funny. But, you know, that's life, uh, and there is no that's, relation, that's, and they're spelled different. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm worried. Like, you know, since my last name has Hieronymus, being a in Bigfoot and you know and a researcher, it's kind of almost makes me worry a little bit, you know, to my credibility. That's like my one con- main concern for me. Yeah. I know a lot of I know a lot of the main people on the you know field, so they'll back me up on it. They know I'm credible. Well, yeah. In in first of all, you're right. The credibility is everything in this field. And secondly, if people don't do their homework uh, and realize the last names are spelt different. Uh, you know, I don't know what to tell them. Uh, they can just uh, make, you know, they, people make assumptions regardless. Um, but uh, exactly. your credibility, your, your credibility is intact, and you're doing some really cool stuff. Uh, but l- let's get into uh, what. So you go up to Bluff Creek, you know, with your dad and whatnot. Um, what happened after that? What what got you to where you're at now? Oh, it's just experiences I've had, and you know, the drive in. The- I almost have, you know, like having encounters and stuff like that is a kind of an adrenaline rush, you know. I ride dirt bikes and stuff, and I've been working out some off-road races in Mexico, but it's there's nothing, it's a little different than that, you know. So it was a lot of fun. Gene, um, we um, went up there with um, it was my dad, friend of mine, and another friend of mine, two other friends. And we were camping at Laos Camp in Bluff Creek area. Um, it was the weirdest night. We got we got there. I'm telling the experience, by the way. So we got there. Um, it was like 12:30 at night, driving from Ventura. So it was a long drive. We were all worn out. And when I got out of the car, up coming down the road or up the direction where the road is, I heard a whoop. And then you know. Being new to Bigfoot, you know, that startles you, especially late at night when you've never been to a place like that before. It really gets to you. So it wasn't until, like, maybe 2 or something like that, 2 or 3 in the morning, 
that I saw a shadow come up from where the creek is, and it stood right between this like this d- tall dead tree and our tent. It was there for a few seconds, turned and went back the same way it came from. So I, it was a shadow. It you know it could have been anything. I'm not gonna say for sure it was one or not. But I got audio, which sounded like someone walking outside of our tent, maybe. Um, possible whoop and knock and a howl. So that was kind of my first possible experience in the Bluff Creek area, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so, but it's really cool because you got this audio and stuff, and you had this possible experience in, in, in an area that is truly well-known historically, uh, and even up till now for its Bigfoot activity. I mean, Louse Creek is well known uh, as as a spot where a lot of individuals go um, and have been and had some supposed Bigfoot activity. And here you're out there and you get a whoop and you see, you know, this dark figure or shadow and um, and then something possibly walk around camp, you know. That, that's pretty interesting. I mean, uh, that's a lot more, you know, activity than a lot of people get. But you made the trip up there. Uh, and had this possible experience. Was that experience your only experience possibly with a Sasquatch? No, I've had, uh, let me see, two others, and then just this July, I have possibly uh, a third, so probably four times total. Um, what was it? The second time was in actually near Ojai. It was weird because we, there's these, uh, like these uh, natural pools me and my friend and my brother wanted to go to. It's, I don't know. It was kind of weird because it, where it happened was there's a place called, I think I'm not, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Santa Clara's College in Ojai. It's like mm-hmm. a Christian college type of thing. Um, but anyway, you have to hike behind the college through like these uh, houses that are there. And they're going like, uh, oranges or something there's a bunch of orchards back there so you hike all the way through that and into like the into the uh, canyon but on our way out it was getting dark we were leaving and it was uh we were walking around the same orchard area we passed earlier and uh, the three of us me my brother and my friend we saw this thing at the same time we're like dude you guys see that it was walking on the opposite direction of the road and probably before it got within like 300 feet, or not 300 feet, 300 meters, it took off up the hill. We didn't see it. We thought it was kind of weird because, you know, it was a college, and those college kids have curfews, I'm sure. And there was nobody else because they didn't say hi. And they, you know, I mean, what was it? It took off up the road, up the hill yeah. to his left. Kind of weird, weird behavior. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you had a, a few oh, sorry, go ahead. encounters? Yeah, that was uh, one of them. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the third one was actually in Gorman, you know, off the five by uh, Fraser Park, a couple like hours or so from Bakersfield. Um, I actually found a track. I found several tracks. I found a track December 2015. And then I tweeted Matt Moneymaker about it. And uh, was it this year or no, last year? He's like, "Hey, I want to meet you guys out there. Maybe when you guys go out there again." So we met him out there and found a track. And I was like, "Hey, where should we go? Uh, you know, for any Bigfoot action?" He's like, "Go all the way to the top of the hill, and you'll get to this parking lot, and that's the beginning of a trail called Buck Creek." 
if anybody's familiar with that. So we went there. Me and my family were staying there for a few hours. Decided after uh, after a few hours, we decided to go do some knocks and stuff. I did a knock, but it didn't carry out as uh, far as I was hoping. So I did a uh, whoop, then I did one more. Then I barely heard uh, a response on my uh, edge of hearing. I was like, I asked my friend, did you hear that? And he's like, no, because we were kind of talking to it at the same time. So we uh, walked back to this overlook where we saw earlier, and we looked around, and we saw eyes shine, shining right back at us. We also have lights on, which, as I know, is a no-no for big footing. But, you know, whatever, it already happened. <laughs> so we were looking around, and we saw the eyes shine, and it was staring right back at us. It wasn't, it didn't blink or anything. It was just fixed, didn't move. So we were probably standing there for about a couple minutes, and I had my thermal video recording the whole time. So I couldn't see it because I'm not used to thermals yet. So I couldn't see it. And it was like, you know, 300 meters away, 300 yards away. And it was really hard to uh, see it, but we could still see the eye shine. So that really, you know, got us going and freaked us out a little bit. It wasn't until I got home, I looked at the footage, and then we saw, I saw it on the footage. I was like, man, we got it. We got something. It's another Blob Squatch uh, video, though, but mm-hmm. it was really cool, you know. To get that, yeah. I feel privileged in a way. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, the uh, the, the Gorman area, you know, that Fraser, um, well, Fraser Mountain, Fraser Park is is another great spot location in between uh, the Tihon Pass and San, Qu- San Joaquin Valley, uh, Joaquin Valley, and it, you know, it's kind of deserty kind of area. But the the, the Fraser Mountain area, that park, has had quite a few sightings over the years. Um, I know they get a, a few vocals out of there, but there has been some sightings in there. I mean, for, for you know, that part of California, uh, that if there was Sasquatch there, that's that's where they're going to be is in that sort of area because there are um, there is a lake not too far away from there, and there are some water sources and, and whatnot. So it wouldn't be surprising yeah. to me that you had you had yeah that you had an encounter there. Uh, that's not uh, it's kind of one of my old uh, stomping grounds, uh, not an area that I frequented, but I have been up and around that area. So. Uh, well, it sounds like nice you had. There's not a lot of researchers. Yeah. Right, exactly. Not... Well, right. <laughs> you know, it's like really underrated there. People are like, oh, Bigfoot's near LA area. Uh, you know, so there's not going to be a lot of researchers over there. They're going to want to go to like Washington or Oregon or Northern California, not Fraser Park. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, because they think, you know, Fraser Park is in the Los Angeles County uh, I mean, area. So. Uh, but, I mean, there have been sightings there up through the, you know, um, San Bernardino Mountains. Uh, there's a corridor there that, you know, if there's Sasquatch, I, I mean, down there, that's where they're traveling. And that's going to be a, either a stopping point or a hunkering down spot for a bit. I mean, if, you know, if they are, in fact, down in that area. And it wouldn't surprise me uh, over the years when I was in San Diego, uh, when I lived down there, I, I did take in reports from these areas. Um, you know, some, a few were uh, there are some bear in these areas, so that few were misidentifications for sure. And then uh, there were some of those that make you go, "Hmm, I don't know." Such as such as your 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 encounters and stuff. Uh, but to have the uh, uh, thermal, you know, that's that's exciting that you you had uh, one in hand and used it. And you know, even though you came up with a you know a blob squatch, which is what happens most of the time, unfortunately, uh, you came away with something. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Kudos. It was. It, we know. We know it wasn't a bear because it didn't seem like bear. Um, you know, what yeah. do you call it? You know, what's the word? Um, just bear I forget activity. the word now. Their oh, bear behavior. There you go. Behavior. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> it didn't seem like normal bear behavior for it to just be watching us. And the the fact that I heard a whoop, you know, a return whoop, shows that it wasn't a deer or a bear. Mm-hmm. Because there's only really one way in there, and they would have to walk past us. So I know right. we weren't being hoaxed or anything. Well, especially so, up in that area. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't rule out anything, right? And, and that's honest. That's an honest, uh, it's an honest reply. Um, in the day, you know, you did have something uh, weird happen, and you catch him. Uh, you saw something in person and on the uh, flare. So, uh, yeah. So, it, uh, so have all of you? Do you get outside the state of California much? I mean, have you done any research in any other states, uh, and, and have any experiences outside of uh, California? Uh, not yet. I haven't done any research. It's it wasn't really until I moved to California that I really started doing more, getting more involved. Right with it um but i am going to plan a uh, trip to this is place in southern mexico in the baja peninsula that's almost like the same terrain as like fraser park area up in the mountains you know where all the mm-hmm. you got water and stuff there's black panther down there um which i believe there might be bigfoot down there i was talking to kathy strain about it and she's like yeah there's probably bigfoot down there so i'm gonna plan a research trip down there and See what I can find. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, that would be a that would be a fascinating documentary by itself because there are reports over the years uh, of Sasquatch being in in uh, Mexico and, and and South America. It'd be a fascinating. Um, it'd be really fascinating to do uh, even as a short documentary just on your experiences and trip and talking to maybe some of the locals. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, living down there, I made some friends that are bilingual, so they could probably go with me and help with that part and who knows maybe yeah. i can get some people to help you know keep in contact with if there's anybody that had any sightings yeah, yeah. it would, well, cause it would it. make sense they would be yeah sorry go ahead no i'll just say keep us posted on that but yeah it, you know that part of mexico um but yeah finish your finish what you were saying there yeah because like, it makes sense there would be bigfoot i mean why would they not they, they're having them in canada and you know the North America and stuff, you know, U.S., why would they not be in the Baja Peninsula? I mean, it's still connecting to the U.S. I mean, you have Bigfoot sightings from Northern California pretty much all the way down to San Diego, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not, you know? Why not in Mexico? Yeah. It's warm weather. There's water. There's food. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's sightings in Arizona, Texas, New Mexico, uh, pretty much uh, all those southern states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Uh, yeah, it would make sense. You know, you have uh, you have panthers crossing you know, or jaguars crossing the border amongst other animals. Why not uh, Sasquatch if, in fact, they are down in that area? Exactly. I mean, it, it yeah. makes sense to me. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, why I really want to go and find out. Yeah, fascinating, uh, fascinating study and uh, uh, something I would look forward to uh, watching if you did in fact put something together on that but let's get let's get back to uh um your encounters before we get into this documentary you're working on 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 the bluff creek area um so you mentioned uh so is that i think you had another encounter just recently you were talking about yeah it was a we uh it was me robert leiderman uh rowdy kelly um 
for those who are listening who don't know, they're with the Bluff Creek Project, and Roddy Kelly's worked on the Finding Bigfoot TV show a few times. Um, yeah. And it was, so it was us three and another guy named Glenn. Um, so we went up to Onion Lake around, I, was, I want to say, maybe 12 o'clock at night. We were there for a few hours. So me and uh, Robert Lagerman, we went down to the lake area where the campsite. Have you been up there to Onion Lake? I have not. I know a lot of people that have and, and still do. It's a fantastic area and uh, a lot of Bigfoot activity or supposed Bigfoot activity out of there. ton of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we went up there and we went down. We were hoping, well, we were kind of going to go there thinking there might be someone there. So we went to check, me and Robert, and there wasn't. So we radioed over to Rowdy and uh, Glenn you know, saying it was all clear. So we uh, hunkered down and stayed there. We did, uh, Robert and I did one knock. We didn't hear anything. Um, We were probably there for 25 minutes, didn't hear anything. Then um, Rowdy and Glenn eventually came over to where we were at because they weren't getting anything either. And um, I did another couple of knocks. I did two more knocks. And we were listening about this later. We heard a, uh, some, to me, it sounded like a loud knock across the uh, across the pond up into the forest, which could have been anything, you know. Could have mm-hmm. been a uh, pine cone falling on a log or rock or something and just made a sound. But it didn't, it sounded too coincidental for me, in my opinion. Then after that, it was about another 10, 15 minutes later, I did a couple more knocks. Then waited a bit to hear. Then we heard a uh, branch break up in the meadow just behind the four, uh, tree line a little bit, which we all heard, and uh, Rowdy, Rowdy's dog, Chloe, heard it too. So that was the experience that we had. It was really dead that night too. No frogs, no crickets. Heard like a squirrel. or Heard one squirrel. That was about it, but. It was very interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it sounds like know. one of those. Could have been. those sound, sounds like one of those those uh, kind of had to be there scenarios where, uh, you know, and 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 I'll be honest, you were, you were out with some great guys. I mean, um, you know, Rowdy Kelly and Robert Leiterman, uh They're they're fantastic researchers and individuals. Uh, like I said, members of the Bluff Creek Project, along with Jamie Wayne and Stephen Stryford. Uh, and, and others, uh, all great uh, uh, people, um, skeptical in nature, and, and wonderful researchers, you know, that I have followed over the years, uh, especially with this Bluff Creek project. Um, uh, and, 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 Tate, if you don't mind, can you just, can you talk a little bit about how uh, you kind of got involved, or, you know, in getting to know some of these individuals and getting to go out with them? Um, was it strictly because you were putting together this documentary, or did that happen after the fact? It kind of happened after the fact. Like, it wasn't, like, when my first trip, it was all, meeting all these people happened pretty much by chance, you know. So it wasn't the first trip. I didn't meet Stephen until, uh, what was it, the second time I went up there in October? I've been there numerous of times, but I've been like doing these little, thing, like these little short films. I was, you know, just for fun. And then, you know, every time I went back up there, I'd meet like new people. So 
So I think it was the second time I met Steven Schreifert, and then I kept in contact with him. So that's how I met Steven, you know, just going up there because he's got the book, Bigfoot books up in Willow Creek. Mm-hmm. So that's how I met him. And so I kept in contact with him and stuff like that. Then it wasn't until uh, October in 2015, my uh, other friend of mine and I went up there, and that's we actually ran into Bobo and Cliff Barrickman, you know, from the Finding Bigfoot TV show. And Tom Yamarone was there, and Terry Smith was there. So that's how I met those guys. I've been in contact with them ever since. And then um, I haven't met Jamie Wayne. I met Jamie Wayne recently at the Finding Bigfoot TV show they were filming uh, a few months ago. Yeah. That's where I finally met him because I was getting in contact with him about the whole Bluff Creek thing and yeah, they all asked me about my last name, too, so that was funny, but <laughs> that's how I met those guys, and then uh, I, re- I met Robert Leiderman at the thing, at that TV show when they were filming up there. Um, who else did I meet? Kip? You know Kip? Kip Morrill, yeah, yeah. Good guy. Yeah, I don't want to say his last name, I, I'll mess it up. <laughs> now, I that, probably, that's where yeah. I met Roddy Kelly, too. So that that's where I met those guys. So it was all by chance and, you know, that kind of funny thing. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got to be there. You know, you got to put yourself in those situations to meet certain individuals, just like you got to put yourself in certain situations to uh, to possibly have a, a Sasquatch encounter or a Bigfoot encounter. So, but it takes time and effort, and uh, you're doing that. Have, how many times have you been out in the field with any of those individuals or uh, up in that area in general? I've been to the Bluff Creek area about maybe six times now, seven. I've lost track. Yeah. Um, as far as being in the field, that was actually my first time being in the field with any of the known people in, big, in the Bigfoot community, you know, Robert Lydon and Roddy Kelly. That was my first time out with anybody like that. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot that night, you know. It was really cool to learn, so that will definitely help me in, like, when I go out – to uh, my research area in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it'll help describe. Yeah, describe the before we get a little bit more into uh, the concept and the idea behind this documentary you're working on. Um, can you describe the Bluff Creek area from your perspective a little bit about uh, the, the film site and just the area itself? Oh yeah, like the Bluff Creek area. You know, seeing foot photos of it back then during the 64 flood or after the 64 flood, you know, is it's all it was all cleared out. But now you go down there and it's like overgrown, like really, there's just like a lot of trees everywhere. And the uh, the creek's a lot more narrow now. And but it's still like it's still really beautiful and it's like really far back out under the wilderness. I, I don't know, hour or something like that. or to get back in there at least um, for an hour or 30 minutes or something like that driving but it's it's really nice and I've been to the PG site several times and uh, it's changed a little bit over the years you know you'd be surprised like after going there and then going back there next year it, you know um, the foliage grows really fast over there it doesn't, you know, there's no, uh, don't have a set rule 
for where it can grow. But uh, yeah, just recently. It, oh, sorry. Oh, and I was just going to say, it definitely yeah, just, has uh, changed over the years. I mean, almost unrecognizable. And that kind of uh, brings, you know, the, uh, to mind, you know, and as recon, recognizing quite a feat in, in refining this area. I mean, it was, you know, uh, the PG area was kind of lost. And uh, the Bluff Creek Project really, um, you know, with a group of individuals went out there and, and I mean, I'm sure they've located this, definitely the spot. Uh, and kudos to them because, you know, it, it was it was no easy feat in locating that location. Yeah, I mean, when you, it's cool when you go there too, because you know when you get to the if you haven't been to the PG site, you, when you see uh, when you see the '67 film, it ain't gonna look anything like that anymore, because you know it's all washed out. But where Patty, it's cool because when you go there, if you know what to look for, you can see you can find the big tree, which I've seen several times, and all the stumps that are like the markers in the film, you'll see that. And but, you know, one thing they're trying to figure out, but you can see roughly where she walked. So that was really cool to get to see all that. And it was kind of surreal for me. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, um, it's like someone who's a really big fan of uh, football going to see the hall of fame or something, you know, you know, it's like, uh, it's like that. That's a good analogy. <laughs> well, let yeah. me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Day. Since you now, I don't know what your opinion before uh, you went out to that location uh, as far as the, the Patterson Gimlin film. Um, I don't want to get into this too much, but I'm curious. What's your what's your believability, or I mean, how much stock do you put into the Patterson Gimlin film uh, from 1967? Are you uh, you do you think that's a real Sasquatch in that uh, film, or do you think uh, otherwise? Yeah, I, I, you know, it looks very real to me and everything I've researched on it, plus the fact of being real. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm kind of. pretty uh, funny there. Yeah, Tate, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm losing you a little bit. Our reception is getting a little bit shoddy, um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'm I'm uh, I believe that is a real uh, female Sasquatch. I, um, I've said that time and time again. Uh, too many things point to it, to it being a real Sasquatch. Uh, and uh, going to the area, uh, I've personally never been, uh, but I have seen uh, the before and after pictures. Uh, I followed it closely. The uh, uh, the area is pretty phenomenal, um, and I could imagine, like you said, to be like uh, you know the uh, the analogy with the uh, you know being a football fan and going to the Hall of Fame. That's um, that's a good analogy, and I, I would feel the same um, for many reasons. Um, fortunately, you know, I, I got the next closest thing to being going to the location. You know, I'm, I'm friends with Bob Gimlin, <laughs> one of the guys there, and he's a fantastic individual and an honest guy in my book. And so, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's my my uh, my moment of, of looking up to something bigger than myself for sure. Um, are you still there? Yeah. Can Can you hear me? Yeah. You said, yeah. Much better. Um, so Tate, uh, you've been to there now. What? Let's get into this this documentary you're working on. And you did say that uh, to me, be- you know, before the show, we were chatting that uh, this is kind of it is a work in progress. And and then uh, given you know your time in the field and ideas and people you work with, that the documentary is kind of changing direction. It's kind of um, developing you know uh, into different things, uh, which is neat. You know, it's exciting. Uh, but what got you? What gave you the idea to to, uh, to 
do a documentary on this area, the Bluff Creek Project, and um, you know, what should we expect out of this? The gate, the idea came came from you know, like you see all these um, in the Bigfoot community, you see like TV shows that showcase the Patterson Gillen site and stuff like that, but you know, no one ever gets their props about the site. Whoever find you know, who, the people that found it, which is the Bluff Creek Project. So just going there and seeing it, you know, doing these little short films and after meeting these people, it kind of gave me the idea that I want to do it. So it kind of just showcases, you know, the, the guys who found it, you know, getting, it's more about getting to know the people than it is about the project. And like I said, yeah, it's changing course and it's almost like a you know documentary on the film site itself too. Which is kind of nice because I don't think there's ever been like a, uh, a short film or kind of a short documentary on the site itself. So, I mean, there'll be a lot of, we'll show a lot of old photos of stories and stuff like that. And actually, there was a guy, the, this Bluff Creek trip, um, Mike, I can't remember his last name, but he was telling us he had a story that Renee DeHinden took him down to the site personally. So we'll, you know, we'll have some stories from him and stuff like that. And it would be really, so there's a lot of really cool stuff. I don't want to give, you know, a lot of things away, yeah. but we were down there and got a lot of great footage though. So it'll be, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And like, it's still not done. There's still a lot to film and you can't do all that a, few, a couple of days, you know? <laughs> right. Right. If you're going to, uh, if you're going to, do a documentary, man, take your time, do it right. Cause I see a lot of people, uh, you know, they kind of rush through it and it's just, you know, that the, the heart and the, you know, and what they want to get across is there, but it just wasn't quality. Um, you know, taking your time and, uh, and which I think you're doing, um, you're going to be filming until next July, if not longer. So, um, that's, you know, you're doing your due diligence there and whatnot, but, Tate, what's you know you kind of answered my question already, but what kind of separates this documentary from other uh, Bigfoot films, and specifically, you know those that have dealt with the PG film? Um, you, you know, there, you're right. There hasn't been a whole lot of uh, films on the, the the site itself. I know uh, there's been some stuff um, with Bill Munns where they've done some measurements and stuff like that um, in some films, but uh, uh, what kind of separates this this documentary that you're working on? And it, you probably can't even fully answer this question because you're still working on it, but what is your idea on how this, this documentary kind of separates itself from some of the other uh, Bigfoot films and documentaries? Most of the documentaries I've been watching, because I like watching those kind of things, it's more about the subject of Bigfoot than anything. You know, they're trying to find Bigfoot, and, you know, it's all re the Bigfoot research, that aspect, but that's kind of what I'm doing differently. I'm not trying to... Uh, do a Bigfoot, like, you know, go out and look for Bigfoot documentary, like, oh, let's... Um, go film this and hopefully get some action. No, it's, mm. it's just more about the site and the historic of it, you know, and about Willow Creek and filming around there too. And kind of what led up to that incident in 1967 and stuff like that. And, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the idea. And I think that's what sets us apart a little bit. Oh, absolutely. That's uh that's exactly something I'd like to watch. I mean, if you could do the, 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 the build up to, the sighting, uh, and then you know, you know, talk about that. But then also get into the people. Uh, I think it's an important element, especially nowadays when you're talking about like a group like such as the, the Bluff Creek Project, who are um, are 
are doing really fantastic stuff down there with their tram, or excuse me, their trail cameras and their tram caps, uh, traps. Um, you know, I mean, uh, they've gotten some amazing um, video and pictures of some of the known wildlife down there, like, you know, your bear, your cougar, uh, you know, your raccoon deer and whatnot. But they also have gotten something pretty extraordinary that I've talked about on the show with Stephen Stryfer before and a few of the others. You know, they got the, the uh, very, um, I mean, in, very endangered uh, humble martin on video. Uh, you know, that's that's really exciting because, you know, these things, uh, you know, as far as I knew were – I think believed to be almost extinct in the area and no one had seen one in a while and they got one on camera. Yeah, that's that's really extraordinary. I wonder I wonder if that'll like mess up with the logging back in there because I know there's a lot of logging that goes on you know, closer to the highway ninety six before you go mm-hmm. out further into the Bluff Creek. There's a lot of logging back in there, so who knows what will happen with that, you know? That's a especially that's if a it's fast... an endangered species. Right, that's a fascinating uh, point and a fascinating question. I, I personally had not considered that. I wonder, um, you know, Stephen and Jamie might be better equipped to answer that question. Uh, I don't know if it matters. I don't know if it would matter. I can only imagine if, if Sasquatch has proven to exist, what that could possibly do to uh, some of these logging areas and logging companies, uh, let alone, you know, like a Martin. So, uh, and, you know, who knows what else they could capture on these cameras. Uh, that's the one thing I love about trail cameras. A lot of people are anti-trail camera and it scares Sasquatch, but I don't think it really scares the way I think they avoid them sometimes, and it's just like trying to capture a needle in a haystack um, when it comes to a moving needle in a haystack, uh, as Gunnar Monster exactly. the show always says. Yeah, so it's – but trail cameras, you know, yeah, man, and what they're doing with them, the way – where they're placing them and the area they're placing them, I mean, look, they got a Martin. That's that's pretty extraordinary uh, and pretty exciting, and uh, I know that's something science can look and go – Okay, that, that's wow. That's a worthy cause. Exactly, and it's with the trail cameras. It's a, when you go down there and you see all the trail cameras. It's almost redundant how many trail cameras there are in one spot, but it's also really nice because it's covering a lot of vantage points, and it's almost going to make it impossible for anything not to get a photo taken of. You know, mm-hmm. so they got every yeah. angle of cover you can imagine. So that's actually a really good thing. Right, they're not, they just, like, yeah, they're not just dropping they're not these cameras. <laughs> willy-nilly, you know. And they have, like, cameras right by the M.K. Davis uh, site, too, um, which is really cool. And then, obviously, right at the uh, Patterson uh, Gimlin site, they have trail cameras everywhere over there. And then Onion, or not Onion Lake, I think it's a Fish Lake, they have cameras over there and stuff like that. And, Mm-hmm. They got all over the place. It's really nice. So, and uh, yeah. I think they were going to put one in Large Meadow too. In yeah, another, they've they've, they've, area. Got, they've got their cameras uh, placed in quite a few different places. But like we were, you were just talking about, it's it's how they place them uh, that I think is uh, a good thing. It's you know they they're not just placing them randomly. They're, they're thought out. Uh, I know I know that they did lose a few cameras because. Um, and, and I'm guilty of this too, uh, where you, you place them and then the snow level <laughs> uh, rises and just, your camera gets yeah. buried and then the water damage uh, just destroys them and uh, the, you know that's just part of the part of the the, the game there um, of placing them. You just can't account always for the weather. No, uh, yeah, the weather's not. You can't control the weather because it's not cooperative. You can't, you know. 
You, that's yeah, why you yeah. got to make up for it, where you place the camera. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a gamble sometimes. You know, recently, uh, you know, I work with a group called the Olympic Project, and, and you know, we 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 lost a camera to a, a bear, um, and a couple, of, you know, found a couple of cubs, uh, found it and tore the snot out of it, and yeah, so uh, it's it's just one of those things, you know, um, it's a gamble, but it's it's a worthy gamble, um, especially when you can get something like, uh, well, any wildlife on there in general, but you know, something special like a martin. Uh, um, so that's 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 pretty unique, and given the area, you know, I mean, I hope one day that uh, the Bluff Creek Project, you know. Um, those very skeptical in nature as they should be. Uh, and I know some of those guys have had their own experiences, encounters, but hopefully down the road they could maybe actually pull something out of the area that's uh, at least questionable, you know, um, a possible Sasquatch. That would be truly exciting. And I think the more time they spend in this area um, in, in studying it and placing cameras, the better chance they have. And just the fact that they're, they're actually studying, you know, the site and they've located the site itself uh, to, to, and to have you now on board kind of filming this stuff and taking the time to get out there and get eaten alive by mosquitoes, uh, that's pretty dang special <laughs> all by itself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I do it to myself, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> right. You know, uh, well, you know, it, it'll be worth it in the end, especially when you're and, and you're not done being eaten by mosquitoes. So uh, you got a you got a well, lot more days of getting your blood sucked. <laughs> Yeah, those mosquitoes were really bad this uh, this trip. I don't know what – it was really hot. I've been there in the summer before, but this summer was just a lot hotter than the last times. And the mosquitoes were just really bad. So it must be the weather or something, you know, driving nuts. Yeah, I know I know up here in the Pacific Northwest specifically, you know, like Washington, Oregon, uh, the, the, the the extreme weather we had this year with the uh, the, the winter – and the extended winter we had, and the amount of snow, it it delayed everything. Uh, the berry growth up here, their berries are just starting to come out now up here, um, and uh, and uh, the mosquitoes are hatching a little bit later, I think. And I think that's just a you know a combination of just a really bad winter. I don't, I know Northern California kind of had it bad too, so maybe that plays a part in it. I don't know, but they're ba- they're out and they're uh, they're pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah, they're not fun. They really. They're like the spawn of Satan over there, you know. They're not they're the devil. Yeah, they can they can they make for a nasty time, and that's why I give kudos and uh, to those that actually take the time to get out there and get eaten alive, uh, trying to uh, either do research or you know, do a little bit of both, such as yourself. Um, now, what what do you got planned on down the road um, with it? I know you're a BFRO member. Uh, are, you're partaking in some stuff down the road. Yeah, I recently just became a BFRO member months ago actually and so i'm doing like research and like i like we were talking about you know sightings and looking at the report you're there's just a surprisingly it's actually an alarming amount of reports that come out of like san bernardino and los angeles county area and even san diego stuff and it's really mind-boggling you know people like oh there's not going to be any bigfoots but you look at the reports, well, what's there, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm really busy. I try to keep busy in everything I do. I'm busy in this. So I'm doing, like, BFRO reports, and I'm actually doing reports for Cliff Berkman. So I look up the reports over there and, you know, do that kind of thing for him. Because those guys, you know, like Matt Moneymaker – you know, it's good that he has a bunch of people doing it because he's going to get bombarded by just fans who 
want to get attention, you know. And same thing with Cliff. It's good that he has people doing it like me and others because, you know, he can't go out and talk to everybody because everybody will just make it up, just talk to him, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what he was telling me one time. So it's nice to be able to get my feet wet in the field and stuff. And like I said, I'm new to it. So, you know, being new to something like that in the dark is uncomfortable, but it's something you got to get used to if you're going to do this. Darn right. (laughs) You're darn right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because you're going to, you're going to be, if you're going to be a a decent researcher and and adamant about doing things right, you got to be, ready for the daylight hours as as well as the nighttime hours and uh, at all times of year and all types of weather. Um, But, you know, the the funny thing about, you know, Southern California, as we're talking about, as you were just mentioning, you know, uh, a lot of people can't fathom. I mean, those familiar familiar with the area, or at least they think they're familiar with the area of Southern California, you know, there are forests down there. There are, um, you know, the Cleveland National Forest. you got you know, uh, Los Angeles, I mean, there's a different forest. There's, there's actually more water than people think uh, to be found in some of these areas. And there's a ton, an absolute ton of sightings, both in the desert, um, in the mountains areas. You know, you have the Alpine area down in San Diego, uh, which, you know, I think, you know, you have the, the Zubies, as reported back years ago, um, and the different, uh, uh, you know, Stickman and, and the Yucca Man, uh, in some of these areas, more desert areas like Josh Tree National Park, and uh, you do have sightings around Palomar Mountain down in Southern California, all the way up San Bernardino, and then you get up into the Sierras, you know, Seminine. Of course, there's a lot of sightings up that way. But, uh, you know, Cliff Berrickman uh, recently um, uh, shared a report with me because he knows I'm from that area, and he's passing on to yeah. some other researchers researchers down in that area. But he uh, there was a report down there. I don't want to give up the location exactly because it's still being investigated, but it was pretty pretty. I'll share this here real quick. Um, it was near a, a wildlife um, where somebody was driving and they, you know, that worked at this park was driving home or whatever and thought they saw a big gorilla cross the road on all fours. So they immediately turned around really? and went back to the park, went back to the park and uh, reported it. Well, they did a head count on all their primates and there was none reported missing. And I believe it was the following day, and I could be wrong on this, but it was like the following day or a couple of days later, there was uh, some of the security guys, you know, walking around the, the fence line, you know, checking the fence and stuff, and they had some rocks tossed at them, and they heard some, some vocals. Uh, freaked them out. And so, uh, you know, was it a Sasquatch? I don't know. Uh, but these, this, this, you know, this guy driving knew what he was looking at without knowing exactly what he was looking at, enough for him to turn around and, and make sure they did a head count and report, report it. Uh, so that's Southern California. I know the exact area because it's. I lived uh, 15, 20 miles away from this area, um, where there's been other reports. This area's got deer. It's got cougar. It's it's very mountainous and rocky. It's got um, a lot of water sources and cover. And if there was a Sasquatch in this area, this is where they would be. So um, yeah, yeah, a lot to like, say about Southern California. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like Cliff was saying too one time. Uh, they don't need all these they don't need that heavily forested area, you know, it's Mm-mm. what they need is food, water and cover. And even like the, those brush, that brush in the mountains is pretty tall. You can duck behind that and not be seen. Oh yeah. I mean, think well, of how many times you'll see a bear out there. It's really rare. They're out there. It, it, in mountain it lions. Is, but yeah, but it does happen. The bear, uh, I remember when I lived in San Diego, there was a bear sighting and it, 
you know, people were like, ah, no way. And then eventually it showed up in an area, um, and people couldn't believe that a bear had gone from where it came from, obviously, to where it was now, because there really isn't any, uh, a lot of bear activity in San Diego County itself. You get outside San Bernardino and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. But in the area down there, there was a bear roaming around, uh, once again, not too far away from where I used to live. And it blew people's minds that there was a bear that managed to go from this location to another location and go undetected and uncovered, you know, and survive. So uh, it goes to show you, exactly. you know, goes to show you how much we, we think we know uh, and we just assume because, you know, uh, we think we know it all that we can say, okay, there'll be no bears here, there'll be no Sasquatch, there'll be no, you know, but in fact, there are. You know, what's crazy too is um, in this, because Southern California, there's a lot of people, there's several million people, you know, and there's like a lot of hiking trails in the mountains that people go to. I mean, during the day, you like think, oh, there's too many people here. But at night, that's like a whole different ballgame. You know, wildlife, no one's going to be out there at night, you know, hiking around. Mm-hmm. And I'm just unless, unless they're hardcore about it. Right. But, yeah, this is not going to happen. So, you know, that's – it's animals, it's, it's – that's when well, they the are other... active and – the other like thing on thing. that as well, yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, and I don't know of many people that go hiking at night anywhere out there. Uh, maybe the Cuyamac area, which is very Southern California, East County. But the thing is, how many reports, you know, you know, down uh, in these areas where, you know, it's, you know, San Diego and some of these areas where people don't have um, any knowledge, really have no experience around bear or cougar or any other animals even deer and they uh, how many reports of you know if it is a sasquatch go unreported because they assume it's a bear or this or that they don't know what they're hearing or looking at per se and they just assume it's this or that i mean i mean that goes for anywhere but i could see down there it being a being you know the amount of there's probably a lot more reports you know which is true to case for most most areas but don't go reported <laughs> exactly yeah mm-hmm. makes, it, makes yeah. you wonder you know it's funny um I, uh, on Facebook, I follow this uh, group called Hiking in the Pacific Northwest. And it's funny because it's not about Bigfoot. It's just about people wanting to go hiking and stuff and sharing. And I've uh, posted on there several times, like, if anybody ever had a, uh encounter with a Bigfoot? And actually, surprisingly, I've had a few people message me and tell me there's, you know, stories. So that was really cool. And that just shows you that there is reports that go un, uh, unreported. Oh man, but, yeah. There was just a uh, there's a, there is a hiking group I'm involved in uh, online in, from Washington, and I I was you know I I'm in these groups for the hiking, but I'm also in there because uh, just like the hunting forums, the fishing forums, the hiking forums, the the nature forums, Bigfoot always you always get a Bigfoot report in there, or or people asking do people believe in Bigfoot? There's always something Bigfoot. Some of the best encounters I've ever read have been on these non Bigfoot forums and groups where uh, exactly. you know, especially the hunting forum. That the hunting forums, people are really sticking their neck out there when you mention Bigfoot because all of a sudden they get slammed by every joke. And, and But those are the ones I really take to heart because they already know they're probably in for a, a, you know, a slap around. But the Washington, exactly. uh, the Washington hiking group that I'm in, just the other day someone posted, you know, I had this experience in such and such place, uh, vocals and this and that. And his or her, his or her description uh, of the vocals really didn't match anything that you could, you know, people were, well, what could it be this, could it be that? But the way he described or th- this vocal, um, it really sounded very Bigfoot-like or what we assume or re- have recorded and, and, and 
and assume Bigfoot may do. Um, and uh, that happens all the time. And but you know, that'll never make it to the BFRO. It won't make it anywhere but that forum. You know. But how many people? It was funny how many people under that post shared a story or an encounter or said, I believe, you know, I was, uh, you know, I'm never, I'm always amazed at the, you know, you post that in a group and, and it explodes and you're like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot of people don't know where to report it either. You know, they don't even know what the BFRO is. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's a good point. I mean, like, that's yeah. Where do they report it to? Who do they report it to? You know? I mean, like for me getting involved in Bigfoot, it's like, man, I don't even know anybody I could talk to about, wanting to get to do more involved in it, but you know, you just got to know the, the where to look and it's sometimes mm-hmm. hard to know where to look because you don't know who to trust. Right. Yeah. And that's a, that's another good point, especially getting into this. Uh, <laughs> you know, you get, you can be really jaded if you get involved with the wrong group or individuals and it can leave a sour taste in your mouth and then you'll close up and um, that's your interest, you know, toast or at least your involvement in the subject. That's a shame. Um, fortunately, Tate, exactly. you're involved. You're involved with some of the best, in my opinion, and guys doing great work. Um, you know, uh, we're getting close to the end of the show here, but I just wanted to say, you know, uh, you know, thank goodness you're involved with a group like this, and I can't wait to see what comes of this documentary, your involvement, and your research down the road here. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a fantastic documentary. Um, keep us posted um, on on. On, on what's going on with that, uh, your trailer releases and uh, anything of that nature. You got any? Uh, you got anything else you'd like to, to share, Tate, before we uh, wrap up the show? Yeah, um, the documentary will be cool because um, Cliff Berkman, I think, is doing an interview for it, and I'm still communicating with him about it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, man, I'm trying to decide if I want to say this or not publicly, but I told you, but. I don't want to blow it with anybody, so I'll just keep it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now, now you got a, me in trouble, a, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. There's a, there's a cool surprise, though. Um, I think it'll be nice. Any fans of TV will like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll leave that little cliffhanger um, for when uh, we have you back on and your, your uh, trailer's out. Uh, or your your documentaries out on the table. So, uh, um, I, yeah, I know you got a ton of uh, – you're interviewing um, a lot of the Bluff Creek uh, individuals themselves as well as, you know, like Cliff Bergman. Uh, and um, like you said, this is a living, breathing documentary as we speak. You're still working on it. You're still heading out to these areas. Uh, you're still filming. Um, and I'm, I would imagine uh, some of the scenery in the background is amazing as well as – you know, some of your interviews are going to be pretty, pretty dang interesting, um, both with the history of the area and the people involved. So really looking forward to it, Tate. Um, yeah, uh, any last words? We're going to wrap this up here. Uh, squatch safely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, squatch be, safely. Be, smart when you, be smart when you go out there and, you know, don't get lost. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell somebody where you're going. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything <laughs> right. you hear, but also sometimes it's not bad to believe everything you hear. I don't know. It's all to you. Uh, yeah, no. Good, good, uh, wise words. Uh, no, I appreciate it. But, uh, hey, Tate, uh, really appreciate you joining us. Um, looking forward again to this documentary coming out. Keep us posted. We'll have you back on the show, uh, you know, um, uh, down the road here to uh, see exactly what's going on with the documentary and if there's any anything new to share, man. I, I appreciate you taking your time to join us. 
Oh, no worries. Thank you. All right, man. Well, have a have a great uh, rest of your uh, day, and, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Well, all, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation uh, with Tate Hieronymus. Uh, no relation to Bob, the hoaxer Hieronymus. Um, and, yes, I said that because I believe he's uh, a liar, but that's just my opinion. Um, anyways, uh, I did enjoy talking to Tate Hieronymus, and I'm really looking forward to this particular documentary because I love the, 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 well, I love the film, but I love the, the fact that the Bluff Creek Project and those individuals, um, you know, outstanding researchers and, and, and skeptical-minded individuals who uh, are using, um, you know, that know that area really well and they're still learning stuff but they're still seeking stuff out you know it's not oh we didn't you know it's not they didn't just find the area and, and go okay cool you know pat on the back no they're they're um building upon that and you know kudos to the whole group uh and i'm glad that tate's taking the time to do a documentary on this and film these guys um and film and, and talk about the history and stuff so Look forward to this, uh, and we'll, we'll keep you posted on on the release date and any trailers. I know he's got a small trailer out now, um, but I'm sure he'll be releasing another down the road. So, uh, anyways, thanks again, uh, Monster Extras, for joining us. We'll be back again next week, same bat time, bat station. Uh, and uh, for Gunnar Monson and Shane Corson, squatch on. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.